Hello and welcome once again to India on 99.94, the home of Cricket Audio. I'm Nikesh Raghani, journalist, broadcaster and commentator based in the UK. My co-host Sarah Waris of Wisden, based out in India. And uh, just a reminder that we are your home for India content here on 99.94. You can find us on your favourite podcast apps on YouTube or via the 99.94 app. Sarah, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Um, seems like uh, only a few moments ago that we were speaking about yeah. India versus Hong Kong, uh, but we're back here once again. Uh, the action obviously coming thick and fast in the Asia Cup. And um, we'll, we'll touch on India's forthcoming uh, games in the Super Fours in just a moment. Uh, before we do, interesting point that you made yesterday um, when we were recording that uh, that synopsis of the India-Hong Kong game. Britney Shaw's name came up and uh, that, that meant we needed to do this episode. We needed to talk about the elephant in the room. Britney Shaw, once Not hailed... Literally. Well, <laughs> we, we don't want to go down that route, do we? Um, Britney Shaw once hailed as the successor to Sachin Tendulkar, wasn't he? I remember, what was it, 549, something like that, as a teenager in the Harris Shield, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a ridiculous yeah, score. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, like, you know, I, I never scored 100 till I was, you know, probably 17, 18, 19, and, and even scoring like a 50 or an 80 in junior cricket here in England was was a massive thing. But in India, you guys just seem to score triple centuries for fun. So to score 500 odd, and then that record was was smashed a little bit down the line as well. Firstly, I remember when that milestone was achieved and, you know, he was still a young boy at the time. And I was working for the BBC Asian Network back then and there was a lot of interest in the story. So I managed to make contact with Bunker Chaw, his father, who, you know, didn't speak very good English. So we did a sort of Hinglish, I suppose we call it, a mix of Hindi and English, uh, to just sort of speak about his achievements, a little bit about his background. And there's since been something on Netflix a few years back where they kind of followed his journey into making it uh, into professional cricket as well. So much hype around him. Scored a Test century on debut. Um, scored a Ranji Trophy century on debut as well. What's happened to Britney Shaw? Why, why is he not in the reckoning anymore, Why, particularly in T20 cricket. Funnily enough, we talk about the test century and, and the one-day capabilities of Britley Shaw, but as a T20i player in the IPL, he strikes at 147. Why is he not in this side opening? I don't know. It's, you know, in the uh, power play, especially yesterday, we spoke so much about KL Rahul, his strike rate in the power play which is 115 on the other hand Shaw has a strike rate of 156 in the power play since 2020 he uh yes as you mentioned he's not the um like he won't get a hundred but even if he gives those 30 uh odd runs in 10 12 15 deliveries that's a very good start for the others to you know build a foundation on um Overall, if you see his record, um, 151 strike rate with 850s in, uh, at an average of 26. Um, probably, you know, that average with... It's, it's kind of like, you know, in India, from the very start, you are taught to score runs, score runs, score runs. And 
I'm not uh, questioning that because there's so much of talent that you have to score runs to stand out. Uh, probably that mindset is still in the minds, um, like youngsters, um, selectors still have that mindset where you know that you have to score runs to be in the team. Okay, strike rate, yeah. Uh, over the years, the Indian T20I team also have, you know, not had the best approach to T20Is. They've had a more conservative approach where, you know, the top three scoring runs and then, okay, there are finishers, but not Surya Kumar Yadav kind of finishers. So I think it's probably how they have approached T20Is so far also that, you know, has not allowed uh, Prithi Shaw to come into the team for a longer period. I feel it just needs somebody to to back him, to be in his corner. And I don't think that's the case at the moment. Uh, you, you talk about, you know, he, he might not get you 100. Well, you know, his top T20 score is, is 99. We remember that for the Delhi Capitals, of course. He's got number 100 on his back, though. <laughs> so yeah. he's confident that, that he'll get there sooner or later. And, and look, he's, he's a very young man, is Prithvi Shaw still. You know, we, we talk about the teenager Prithvi Shaw sort of bursting onto the scene. He's 22 years old. So he's got so much time on his side. And in years down the line, you surely can see him in this Indian setup, probably across all three formats, certainly the white ball stuff as well. There have been, however, some issues about his fitness. I mean, look, let's be honest, you know, I'm probably not one to judge cricketers' physiques and stuff, but, you know, you're paid to do a job. You're paid to be a professional athlete. If the management is urging you to get fitter and get in shape, you get fitter and you get in shape and, and you do all you can to be in that India setter. I mean, we don't know if somebody's specifically told him that, but it doesn't appear as though that has improved. In fact, his, his fitness and his, you know, it shows in the field as well in terms of his mobility when he's running around the field. He, he's often having to be hidden in the field in T20 games, which you can't really afford to do. So that that's got to be one huge concern going forward because the talent is there. The, the you know the the he's got that star quality. He might look a lot older than twenty two with the with the moustache now and all that and the the mm. receding hairline. But he's a young man. He's got the world at his feet. He just needs to work on his fitness, doesn't he? Yeah, and also uh, in the middle, he had he was banned for a few months because of the doping issue, and he has been involved in a few disciplinary. Um, stuff also so I think probably Indian cricket they kind of you know have been put off by those issues because you know he's so talented after the 2018 under 19 world cup when he led India to that um, to the win it was like you know he it was almost guaranteed that he's the next big thing and um, thing but Gil has had a more prom like he has had a better start than Shaw uh, till now. So, yeah, it's probably, you know, all those issues combined. And um, I think that's what's going wrong because Indian cricket have kind of uh, stayed away from these controversies, you know, where players have been involved in these discipline issues, where even KL Rahul was banned after the Coffee with Karan episode. Uh, for no reason of his, he didn't really do much. So, 
I think it's kind of all those issues combined. And also, like, as you said about his presence in the T20I side, uh, I hope things will change because, you know, backing of Dinesh Karthik, a player kind of like Prithvi Shaw, uh, shows that, okay, India have tried to play like T20Is ha- uh, should be played. Uh, so I hope that that con- uh, that continues in the future, like once the Rohit Sharma's, Virat Kohli's are not there, Shaw becomes a constant. And also one more point I have, you know, I it's not really related to this topic, but over the years, you know, that uh, handling of the uh, handing of the orange cap to uh, the player who has scored the most runs in the IPL. I think it's not really the best way to judge how a player is uh, because KL Rahul has been winning it for the last few years. But then his strike rate is a bone of conten- uh, contention. Again, it's like, you know, you are rewarding players who score runs without taking uh, a look into the strike rate which is the mindset like of the Indian setup of late because it's like you have to score runs to stand out. So I think I hope that changes also. And the orange cap is just, you know, okay, it's just for the openers or the top three because realistically no one at number six, seven, they are going to win the orange cap. So again, it's very... Yeah, but yeah. then Andre Russell did, didn't he, in, in 2019. So, you know, coming in at, you know, he didn't come in at 6-7. It was more sort of 4-5 and, and finishing games and just just beast mode it was from Russell that year. But I, I get what you mean. It's difficult, though, isn't it? What what do you yeah. judge it on then? Do you do runs and strike rate combined and then come up with some sort of impact points or, or something like that on, on how much you've impacted the game? There, there are those stats, aren't there? The, the TV broadcasters do have those stats where they've got yeah. the most valuable players in terms of the impact that they've had on particular matches. Yeah. But it's not easy for the public to to understand the algorithms and things around that. So, yeah, it's it's probably going to stay as it is. And it looks good, doesn't it, to the public that, oh, KRL's got the orange yeah. cap or he's he's right up there in the race for the orange cap. But it's the strike rate, isn't it? And somebody like a Prithvi Shaw who's scoring those 30s but having more of an impact in setting that platform for his side might be a more valuable option, not just for the Delhi Capitals, but for India as well in the long term. So it's an interesting point. And look, I'm a big Britney Shaw fan as as a batter. And, you know, I don't know him really as a person, but I'm sure if there are any attitude problems, he's 22, somebody like a Rahul Dravid, who he's worked with a lot. He was his captain with India A, of course. I'm sure they can turn that around and, and sort of integrate him back into the team and, and the team spirit and, and India's way of doing things because, you know, so much talent he's got. I, I think those comparisons may be unfair with comparing him with Sachin when he first came because he's from Mumbai, he's short, he's a right-handed batter, all those things. He scored big runs in the Harris Shield, but he's kind of almost on that level in terms of his teenage years, in terms of what Sachin achieved through his teens. So you've got to give him that benefit of the doubt that he's got all that talent. And, uh, you know, hopefully we get to see that on the biggest stage uh, very soon for India, probably not the T20 World Cup, uh, but down the line anyway. Um, Just before we move on to our next point, a reminder that 99.94 is more than just this podcast. Jared Kimber has got Red Inca, which focuses on deep issues within the game. There's Double Century, which looks at the history 
of cricket and then loads more on the 99.94 network from various countries, including the West Indies on 99.94, best Caribbean coverage there, England uh, as well with uh, Dan Norcross uh, providing the uh, the lols on that one and uh, South Africa on 99.94 as well. Sri Lanka to come soon, I believe, as well. And you can find all of those podcasts on the 99.94 app on your YouTube feed. Hopefully you've subscribed by now or via your usual podcast provider as well. Right, next point. Another one who just seems to, like Pritley Shaw, gets the opportunities when India's first team, in inverted commas, are touring somewhere in a test series perhaps and they're scheduling a, a Sri Lanka or a Zimbabwe or something like that in between and you've got Shikha and captaining or whoever and they wheel out all these guys in the reserves. Pritley Shaw has been one of them. He went to Sri Lanka, of course, for that tour, which was hit by COVID. And mo- most recently, Sanju Sampson, who did pretty well in, in the second ODI against Zimbabwe, 43 not out, when India really needed that 43 not out. Um, he's never let India down, has he, Sanju Sampson? Whenever he's been called up, doesn't matter the format, he's always seemed to be solid, hasn't he? He's He's never let the selectors down. And he must be frustrated at how his international career is going so far. Yeah, I probably think he's been a victim of his own greatness. Like, uh, you expect so much of Samson. You expect, like, okay, he will be consistent. Probably, you know, he's not been consistent enough in the IPL. Uh, I'm not really holding that against him because he's been very vocal about saying that he wants to be the power hitter and not lose his game being more consistent and scoring runs. I'm not really uh, like questioning his approach, but I'm just saying, uh, I think in this Indian setup where consistency and scoring runs has been so important, probably a reason why Surya Kumar got into the site so late also because uh, you kind of, you want those anchors in the team. That's how India have played. So Sanju Samson, I think, um, again, he's just... Uh, being that he's not had the best average in the IPL. Um, even in T20s, he averages 28 with a strike rate of 132. And it's almost like he can do it because last IPL, he had an average of 40. So it's not that he can't do it. Um, he starts off well, then tapers off by the end of the season. This has happened for so many years. Like we've seen it, okay, wow, 100, 200s in the first two, three games. And then he just, you know, falls off. So um, I wouldn't really say he's in the same bracket as Shaw because Shaw is still very young and there's still a lot like opportunities hopefully waiting for him but with Samson over the years over the last five six years um yeah the talent is there he's done well for India but it's almost like he's unable to you know live up to the expectations that we have uh and even for India I think that he's not really you know he has done well he scored those handy 40s and 50s but not really scored that big knock even in his limited opportunities like he got a 77 recently he got 54 recently but you know like a Gil Gil was criticized for not 
he scored i think 60 60 odd in the first uh, odi against west indies he was criticized for not getting a big score but after that he just you know capitalized on that and has been you know on a roll after that so i think that is the issue with samson the talent is obviously there uh, but it's just you know and we know that he can do it because he's shown that he can have an average of 40 and a strike rate of 140 odd but just you know he's He's got a very the, different role yeah. in the side, though. We're not sort yeah. of comparing him with Shaw or Gill because they're about at the top of the order. But Samson, he, he hasn't had that defined role for India because yeah. it seems as though whenever he comes in, he's a replacement for somebody. He's he's filling a gap. So whether that be your number five is out injured or you're unavailable or you're picking a new side because the first team are touring somewhere, so he's always. filling in for somebody they've not given him any kind of defined role within the team and he usually does come down in that middle order rather than at the top of the order and it's it's not as easy is it to score those big runs because you don't get as much of an opportunity you might need to go hard early on so you're going to be taking more risks um or you're going to be need to rebuild if they lose a few wickets early on so I feel that, you know it's a little bit harsh comparing him with with Gill and Shaw yeah. and, and some of these guys and you know people saying he's not been scoring the massive runs because when you look at his overall average in the IPL you're right 132 strike rate that that is improving you feel with the more consistency over the last couple of years then you look at T20Is for example he's played the 15 innings 135 so his strike rate is above that of what it is domestically um which shows i don't know what it shows maybe he's just more comfortable with the role he's been given at those times when he's been playing internationals but you feel that will improve i mean look he's 27 so he's kind of yeah. reaching that peak period of his career where he should be playing at his most consistent he appears to be doing domestically like you say the last IPL season he was consistent through the whole season which we haven't seen previously for for an entire 14 game or 16 17 game campaign depending on how far they go for Rajasthan Royals. So yeah, it's I suppose the conundrum is do you play him as a keeper because you probably have to if if you're going to put him in a squad because there's too many out and out batters up there ahead of him at the moment. So do you have him as the second keeper and if so then you're looking at DK or Rishabh Pant and I know you've sort of talked about Rishabh Pant in this format of the game but I think they're going to stick with him i think it's the right thing to do he will improve his numbers in that format and maybe it's just a case of look give dk this world cup and then we look at other options for a second keeper in the squad and there's there's competition for that as well ishan kishan can take the gloves yeah. kale rahul can take the gloves as well if they're going to stick with him so they they've got those reserve wicket keeping options as well if rishabh pant's going to be the man in possession so it's not going to be an easy road back for sanju samson but I think the captaincy has done him the world of good as well at Rajasthan Royals. I I think just like Hardik Pandya at the Gujarat Titans, I think he thrives off that and it's just been starting to show in the last 12 months or so. So we'll keep an eye on his development, but I suppose the one thing it does show is that India have just got so much talent and what Hardik Pandya said in jest and and it kind of backfired on him a little bit at the time. Yeah. when he made those comments about india could field two or three teams in white ball cricket and win any tournament in the world and then they're going to lose a series so it, it, the timing wasn't great 
But his point stands, doesn't it? They they might not win any tournament in the world, but they could compete with the best sides in the world with their third choice T20i11 because they're all quality IPL players and they've been there at the highest level doing it year after year. We're just spoiled for choice at the moment, I suppose. And, you know, long may it continue, but it's it's harsh on some of these guys where an entire generation could go without getting an India cap mm. or, or getting enough caps to sort of make them an established figure in the side. Just the way it is, isn't it? Yeah. Also, uh, you're talking about players who might never play for India. There's Rahul Tripathi. I'm a big fan of Rahul Tripathi. No KKR angle here. He He's just... Like, if you watch... He, he does very well in the power play. He does very well in the middle. He has a strike rate of 150-odd against uh, pace. Uh in the 155s again, spin. Uh, and he's just, you know, he can bat in any situation. And he's the kind of player who won't need uh, 20, 30 balls to get his eye in. He can go attack from the very start. He's like one of the major reasons KKR reached the finals last year was because of Rahul Tripathi. They couldn't retain him this year, unfortunate. But he did very well in Sunrise's Hyderabad. And he scored a brilliant 50 against KKR in the opener. Uh, he's been around the Indian setup for a while. Uh, he's been getting called up for Ireland. I think he was in the Ireland squad. He was in the recent Zimbabwe series also. I'm not very sure if he'll make his debut anytime soon. He's also 31, 32. Uh, so yeah, you said that too many talented youngsters, not only youngsters, even players in their 30s who they are talented, but they might well, never. Well, Surya yeah. Yadav, you know, yeah. it, it, two years ago, we would be sitting here talking about Surya Yadav and, and why is he not playing for India? So, look, he got his chance. Never give up. Richard Gleeson against India in the T20s in England this year. This guy is in his mid-30s, 35 years old, and he gets a call up to England. And, and now he's in the reckoning. Uh, for the you know for the World Cup and obviously you know beyond that as well maybe for a year or so so Dinesh Karthik is the best example he's yeah. played before but that's the thing yeah, he's, he's played before yeah. but if you haven't yeah. played you look at people like Sky you look mm. at Richard Gleeson at 35 years old getting his first call up for England yeah. and then getting a chance to play in a T20 World Cup never give up on your dreams folks I'm in my mid thirties. Do I? Do, 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 I suppose I have to play for England. I haven't got an Indian passport, but <laughs> maybe I shouldn't give up on my dreams. I should get down to the nets and uh, get get playing some club cricket on Saturdays. And and you never know that that dream might come true one day. <laughs> let's Hopefully. let's wait and see. But yeah. look, there, there's at the end of it. There's there's so much talent um, in India, and and it's great to see. But it's harsh on some of these guys who, in previous generations, would have probably played international cricket without a doubt, but it's it's just not going to be the case. It's a bit like Australia in the late 90s and early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, there was a, a whole generation of Aussie players who were brilliant, brilliant domestic players and just didn't get a look in or, or got the odd cap. And, and that was about it. Even, you know, Mike Hussey was one of the other examples mm-hmm. from Australia who made his debut in his 30s, played till his late 30s, ended up having a very good Australian career, but didn't get the amount of matches that somebody of his talent should have. Brad Hodge, Stuart Law, you know, there's, there's so many 
from that generation. So it's a similar thing with India at the moment. And we'll look back in 10, 15 years and say, how did this guy not play for India? But it is what it is. Yeah. One more thing is when these opportunities do come calling, I just hope the selectors, you know, make the right calls and not just uh, hand out caps or uh, give call-ups to players based on their past performances or just, you know, um, not their past performances. I mean, just... uh, Without a thought, like, uh, I'm not really being harsh on Gaikwad here, but Gaikwad has played 9 or 10 T20Is, which, okay, yeah, he's done very well for uh, Chinnai in the IPL. But then you're like, is T20Is the best format for him? Or would India rather, like, even in the long term, would India rather uh, benefit with having a Shaw in the side? So, you know, I just hope that because these chances are so rare that, You just hope that the selectors, they know, okay, which player to uh, get into which format. And because there's so much of talent and it's very easy to be like, okay, Gaikwad has done well in the IPL. Uh, You can get him into the side with the T20Is. He has a strike rate of 123, which, you know, you're like, okay, he's done well, but is this the best format for him? So I just feel that, sometimes there's a case of uh, like mixing up the formats you think that okay if one player does well in ODIs he can do well in T20Is also that's not always the case Gambhi recently like during the post-match show India-Pakistan he was talking about how T20Is is tougher and not necessarily a player good in ODIs can be a good T20I player also so you know it's just that whole um, thing that going forward what do what do the selectors see is uh, the plan for India in T20Is what kind of players they want and then act accordingly I hope that's the case yeah let's hope so just just one final point on that as well we'll go back to Prithvi Shaw as well maybe he needs to stop making those uh, Instagram reels with Shikhar Dhawan and uh, just, just stick to the cricket, right? That I mean, Kala he's... Chishma one was really nice, though. With no <laughs> but shock, he can't. Shikhar Dhawan's yeah. a brilliant dancer. Yeah. But he sure isn't. He's, he's not natural. I don't know. But anyway. I've not seen much of Shaw's. Shaw reels, worked well for a while. He, I mean, on those tours of Sri Lanka, like I mentioned, and, and a couple of others, he, he was him and Shikhar were, were going for it together in those reels and stuff. So, you know... If you want to look, if if you've not seen them, head to Shikha Dhawan's um, Insta and, and Prithvi Shore and, and have a look. Scroll back uh, a little while and, and see what his moves are like and, and what his fashion sense is like as well. The, the <laughs> sort of, he's, seen, yeah. he's, It's like a throwback to the 90s hip-hop scene, isn't it, with all those baggy yeah. T-shirts and, and the baseball caps and, and all that kind of stuff. But it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't quite go well with the, the policewala moustache yeah. and all that. But anyway... He's got his own fashion sense and we should respect that. Right, we're, we're going to chat more Asia Cup in just a second. Before we do, uh, if you love cricket and you want to hear more, then head over to the 99.94 app. You can hear all our podcasts and our commentary, which we'll have more of as well. We're the home of Cricket Audio Online. Uh, we're going to be adding lots of new shows and covering series as well. And the best way to follow us is via our app, 99.94. You can also find us on YouTube and via your usual podcast provider as well. Right, Asia Cup, 
India through to the Super Fours, as we mentioned on the previous episode. Um, regulation stuff really against Hong Kong, although it was more of a challenge with the ball than we thought. Um, we, we're not going to go back down uh, that match's route. We're going to look forward. And it's probably going to be India-Pakistan at the time of recording this episode. We don't know if Hong Kong have beaten Pakistan or not. Could happen. You never know. They they, they did all right against India, didn't they, in, in yeah. certain aspects. And if it wasn't for Sky at the back end of the innings, and, you know, who knows what India would have got. Maybe 150, 160, and Hong Kong ended up 152 in the end um, with Avesh Khan expensive, Ashdeep Singh expensive. So... You never know, but you'd expect Pakistan uh, to, to get through that one. So India versus Pakistan again on Sunday. And just briefly, I mean, we, look, we'd done an India-Pakistan episode before uh, the tournament started. We talked about all the, the players and the makeups of the side and, and things like that. Firstly, do you think India will make any changes to their side from the Hong Kong side? So do you, do you, obviously Hardik Pandya will come back in. Rishabh Pant to go out, you think? I think that would be the way. I would want KL Rahul uh, to be benched, but I don't think that's happening. I think Prishapant will go out. If that happens, I think probably that will show what India are thinking for uh, looking ahead to the T20 World Cup also. Um, with the bowling, there will be a change. Hoping there is a change with Avish Khan because in a pressure situation... You need experience and as you had mentioned previously, I think Ashwin should come into the side because a last match, India-Pakistan was close and it somehow always boils down to nerves in India-Pakistan. Uh, Avish Khan has got a lot of chances, not really been able to do as ex- uh, perform as expected. So I would bench him and yeah, either get in Vishnoi or Ashwin. I think Ashwin more um, stilted in Ashwin's favour. Yeah, I yeah. think so too. And uh, look, if if you're listening, selection committee, if if you're listening to us, Roy Sharma, uh, Raul Dravid, which you're probably not, but if if there are people who can pass this on to them, please give give Rishabh Pant a chance at the top of the order. He deserves it. I think, you know, him up against Nassim Shah at the start would be a fascinating battle. And, yeah. you know, it could go one of two ways, but Bunt's going to attack and he should be told to attack. He should be given license to attack, especially with that comfort, I suppose, of Kohli coming in at three and able to do the job at the top of the order to rebuild if they lose an early wicket or just carry on if, if Richard Bunt builds the platform as well. So... I'd love to see that. It probably isn't going to happen. You're right. Probably going to stick with Rahul. Rishabh will probably miss mm. out for Hardik and then maybe Ashwin for, for Avesh. That's that's the way we see things going. We talked about it in, in depth on the previous episode as well about how they should go going forward uh, with their selection. Um, so we look forward to that match. And just before we go, a quick message to everybody in Pakistan, we, of course, saw the devastating floods uh, that, that happened there recently. 33 million people displaced. Uh, Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi sending out a note last week as well on Twitter, just uh, wishing the people well and, and hoping that uh, they can get a full recovery over there as well. So we wish everyone in Pakistan, if, if there is anyone listening from over there, just all the best. And, uh, you know, I hope uh, that the rebuilding job isn't too painful and uh, we hope that you can get your lives 
underway as soon as possible. And it kind of puts things into perspective, doesn't it? Because Pakistan yeah. heading into a match against India at the Asia Cup, we talk about life and death. It's not really. It's a game of cricket, yeah. isn't it? This puts it into perspective, right? Yeah, it's just become a war. Even the words that were used in the last match, rivalry, war and all. It's not really a war. It's just a sport and no matter who loses, there have been a lot of overreactions from both teams, uh, both sides, like the fans of both countries in the past. Uh, but it's just a sport game. Enjoy it as a sport. And yeah, it puts things into perspective and... Take the joy from the game, but yeah, it's a game, I hope India wins. but we want to win, yeah. right? And uh, I'm predicting another India victory. Uh, is this going to be one of your? What, what did you predict? Three nil. They're going to play three times, including the final. Two easy wins and a close one. Well, we've had the close one. We've had the close one. Hoping easy win. That would be nice, but not it? too easy. Not too easy because then it gets boring. India Pakistan, you want some kind of excitement there I take the but easy not win. a very close win not a very close win like a okay decent I, enough like, I would take the easy win don't worry about that <laughs> <laughs> so uh, well fingers crossed that India can do it once again even if they don't they've obviously still got the opportunity to get through to the final they'll be playing uh, Afghanistan and Sri Lanka now Bangladesh mm-hmm. out of the competition uh, after being beaten by Sri Lanka so that will be interesting uh, as well. Uh, Bangladesh, with all this hype in recent years. Close match yesterday. Close match. So much of look, banter. And... I have banter with, uh, you know, I know a couple of Bangladesh cricket fans mm. who have been giving me stick about, oh, we're, you know, we're getting better. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. I mean, one of them predicted that they're going to get to the semifinals of the 2019 ODI World Cup. And, you know, they're a long way off that in the end. And, <laughs> It's it's just look they beat people at home in their conditions, yeah. but on the big stage they're still a long way off, aren't they? In terms of just as an overall yeah. side, they've got some really exciting players, but they just haven't clicked. So we'll we'll see how all those games go. We'll be back to uh, talk India Pakistan uh, after that particular match has taken place on Sunday. If indeed it is India, it could be India Hong Kong. We don't know at the time of recording this podcast. So. We'll, we'll just wait and see what happens uh, in that Pakistan-Hong Kong game in the final group game uh, of that stage before the Super Fours. But uh, that's all we've got time for this time. Thank you very much for listening. Remember to download our app and subscribe to us and get in touch if you've got any comments. Uh, but thanks for listening and goodbye. Thanks for listening to India on 99.94. Please rate, review and subscribe. You can download the 99.94 app from where you get your apps usually. And you can follow us personally on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Nikesh Raghani and Sarah is at Swaris16. We'll put links up for everything we do there on this podcast and beyond. And you can also follow our network at 99.94DM on social media. Remember, if you love cricket, then we are the home of Cricket Audio. Follow us for podcasts and commentary from the bat and ball world. Thanks for joining Cricket's Conversation 99.94. 
Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.